Phil Foden has gone full Gaza and we are here for it. Tuchel's been given two more years at Chelsea and the Euros are here. They're here. This is the It's Football Day podcast episode number 37. Let's have some fun. That is right, the Euros, they're finally here after what has felt, well it has literally been the longest time. We're, what, a year delayed? Last one was three years ago now? Yeah, it will be. In the World Cup 2018, it's been a very long time, but finally a, a tournament, an international tournament. And I think, yeah, I think the hype's built for it. Um, starts obviously tomorrow, today when this comes out, but yeah, I think everyone's just buzzing for it at the moment. Yeah, literally, we've put flags up at work, our sweepstakes done, like I am fully invested in the Euros, I've done so much research for the Dream Team, I've been watching so many friendlies, uh, oh mate, I am absolutely buzzing for it, and yeah, it, it mate, it fully is coming home, like it's coming home. It is coming home, it is coming. in terms of Dream Team though, I've literally done zero research for it, I'm just, oh, just, just going to wing the whole I've... thing. I can't let you beat me at that. Not oh, after we'll you've find done out. me at Super 6 and at FPL. <laughs> we'll find uh, out. Uh, I can't let you. But I mentioned I've watched a lot of friendlies. One friendly I did watch and probably wish I didn't. England versus Romania. Another 1-0 in this friendly. And we just seem very tentative. Like We seem very on edge. And I really hope we're not going to play like that at the Euros and just go all guns blazing. Kind of hope this is a Gareth Southgate masterclass where... He's going to make other teams think this is how we're going to play, like really reserved, and then we mm. just go out and absolutely dominate games, batter them. Hopefully, but yeah, this I don't know how we won this game 1-0, because, well, if it weren't for Sam Johnston in goal, oh, what that save, save is incredible. And the England debut as well. like Yeah, mad. Romania didn't look even that bad of a side. I mean, yeah, we got the penalties, and but no open play on nothing really looked too fancy from us. Uh, but yeah, we've a uh, classic England... Winning 1-0. There's rumours that Jack Grealish won't start on Sunday. Mm, I've got a feeling he me, won't start. I, I don't know about you, but that is literally could be the worst decision we it's ever criminal. make. Because he's was the man of the match of this game. Uh, should have or could have been the man of the match in the last game. He was un like, he is unplayable because he just he does so many different things for you. He takes on players, he earns fouls. He, he we got two penalties in this game and he mm. earned them both. Mm. One of them, Jordan Henderson's an idiot. Like yeah, that wasn't. So great. if anyone that I don't know where you were, who where if you didn't watch this, basically Jack Grealish wins a second penalty. Rashford's already off at this point. Dominic Calvert-Lewin steps up. He's like, right, I want to score. I want to take this. Henderson takes it off of him and misses. Now, if I'm Gareth Southgate, I know he's the captain and, you know, he scored a penalty at the shootout for us in against Colombia, which is great. Um, um, Jordan Henderson, Henderson missed he? his penalty. Did he miss his pen? Yeah, he was the one that missed for us. Oh, shit. Well, he's <laughs> definitely not on pens anymore. Fraud. Then. Fucking hell. That's right. He wants to get his confidence back. I'm... Do you know what? I completely forgot that we missed one. I'm high. I'm still high off the elation that we won a penalty shootout. I know it's crazy. But realistically, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is probably not going to get much game time in the Euros because Kane is our main striker. So, but if we do have to call upon him, you're going to want him to be confident and in form. He should have taken this for me. And obviously, if he didn't score, he didn't score. But he should have taken. If he does score, that's going to build his confidence. Going to get a goal before leading up to the Euros. Big game changer that would have been. 
Yeah, no, definitely. There's a crap penalty from Henderson as well to, to sort of put the game to bed. But yeah, like you touched upon Grealish, I've got I've got a feeling he's not he's not gonna start because I think Sterling and Rashford will probably take that left side um slot against Kane, which I just think would be a bit criminal to be honest. Yeah, personally I, I Rashford and Sterling for me are should be our impact players. Like they should be the players we bring off the bench because yes, they do offer something. Yes, they're very fast, but form-wise, they have not been on form. Yes, they've done it for England in the past. Sterling had a great campaign, what a cup like in twenty eighteen and even before that. Um, they've just not been in form this season. Rashford's had patches of it and have been really good at, at spells, but um, <laughs> sorry, do you know all I can think of is seeing that meme when he's just like. Um, oh, he's been good at spells. He's like, so is Harry Potter. Don't mean he should play fucking left wing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I've seen that's that. all I could think of. But um, yeah, personally, Grealish and Foden, right and left, uh, just behind Kane, and then yeah, Rashford and Stoneheart and Sancho should be our impact players. But that's that's just one man's opinion. I'm not mm-hmm. the manager. I don't yeah. have any qualifications in coaching. So I think come Sunday when the team sheet comes out, I think we'll all be in for a bit of a shock. But yeah, I, I don't think anyone can probably predict what Southgate's going to play right now. Yeah, so that game was on the Sunday. The oh, the following day, on the Monday, we did have big announcement that Trent Alexander-Arnold's replacement was going to be Brighton centre-back Ben White. Now, this was a bit of controversy surrounded this. Lingard obviously probably should have been taken or so should have James Ward-Prowse just for the things that they offer. This tells me that Harry Maguire is maybe more injured than we think. Hence why we're bringing another centre-back. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's fair. Um, I was a bit surprised, to be honest. I thought it was between Ward-Prowse and Lingard who was going to get that other spot. Because obviously Trent being one of the 4,000 right-backs that were picked maybe made the decision a bit easier for Southgate. Um, but it was seen today that Harry Maguire was training, yeah. like full fitness training with the, with the main team. So... Hopefully, he's all good because Harry Maguire, for me, is is a starting centre-back. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. But I, personally, I much prefer Ben White over Mings. 100%. I, I don't know why. I just, I'm not... In this game as well against um, Romania, he just didn't look... He didn't convince me enough in that game. Ben Godfrey didn't convince me enough. Um, ben White definitely was the best ones on the pitch. And I do like Connor Cody as well, but I think he just plays better in a back three. And I don't want us to play that formation. So, yeah, I don't know where he's going to go with it, but I, I don't hate the inclusion of Ben White. I think he's a good player. Mm-hmm. He's had great two seasons in a row. Great season at Brighton and great season at Leeds before that. Um, he's he's done the pro- a, like, proper classic route to the Premier League like have you seen it? he was in League 2 on loan then League 1 then Championship now uh, Premier League like, mm-hmm. and now obviously in a major international competition so it just shows the importance of grassroots football which makes the uh, obviously the European Super League a lot more worse yeah no definitely it's nice to sort of see someone work their way up to the top from like the bottom like a Jamie Vardy mm. store sorry like that um, but yeah no, I think I'm confident going into the tournament that we'll do well um I think we will win our group. It's just who we come out against next because I know it's going to be a bit of a challenge. I think it's looking probably like either Germany, France or Portugal is the team we'll face. But to win it, you got to beat the best anyway. So, yeah, come on, England. That That is it. Get one of them out early. And the final bit we're going to mention about England before 
at the end of the pod, we are going to give you our starting lineup against Croatia. But first of all, Phil Foden, mate. Is that the real Slim Shady or is that prime Gaza? Was it Euro 96? 96, oh, mate. yeah. Baller. What a barnet. We are here for it. So he, he did say in... So this contradictory thing. So in an interview on like Sky Sports or something, he said, I've just wanted to change my air. I haven't done it in a few... Like I've had the same haircut for a while, so I wanted mm. to change it. But in the England um, like video. arrivals video, yeah, that was it. Like someone mentioned, he was like, "Yes, yeah, Gaza, isn't it?" Like yeah, he yeah. knows what he's doing. I think he's, he's just getting... had to accept it if it, if it was done for his first reasoning. But now he's just got to adopt it because everyone knows, like that's Gaza. Yeah, mate, that's and Gaza right there. I don't know about you, but I grew up around Gaza. So like, my mum's a Tottenham fan, my dad's mm. a Newcastle fan, and obviously both England fans, I grew up around Gaza. Like, I've got a painting in my room uh, of, like, a Gaza bobblehead that, like, my dad got done, and it it's sick. Like, I grew up watching a lot of Gaza highlights, and I love that man. Such mm. a baller. Such a character on the pitch, and, mate, I bloody love Phil Foden as well, so yeah. can he replicate it for us? Yeah, i seen um, Realist today said Phil's probably got more of a chance of starting now he's got that haircut. Yeah, probably. Literally, probably does. <laughs> imagine if he has, imagine if he starts on the bench. Oh, mate! I think he's first on the team sheet, other than Kane. Like for me, like yeah, yeah, this mm-hmm. season and what he's done for England so far already, mate, monumental. And what he can offer, personally, I, I, I do worry because he hasn't played any of the friendlies. But mm, probably, like, obviously, the championship, Champions League final. They got back late from that and. Yeah, maybe he's just literally just resting him for the whole thing for the uh, for the first game this weekend. But um, yeah, we'll find out on Sunday. So before we go and talk about some other stuff, let's touch upon some of our potential opponents and opponents at the Euros. So first of all, Croatia are our first game on Sunday, mm. and last weekend they just lost to Belgium one nil. Now obviously we don't have the greatest record against Belgium anyway, We're, other than. The friendly we played against them, but when it comes to tournaments, we we don't we never seem to do well. But Croatia losing to them, Croatia. I'm not that scared about. To be fair, I'm more scared of the Scotland game because um, really? Croatia Croatia are very like what they're a very aging team. They've yeah. got good players. Don't get me wrong, but their best players are aging. Um, will they have the legs? Especially when I'm pretty sure our squad it has like the lowest average across the whole tournament. Like we have the youngest squad. Mm-hmm. Two of our players are over 30, and that's Jordan Henderson and Carl Walker, and they're only like 31, 32. So yeah. everyone else is under 30. So we've got the lowest squad age uh, across all of it. And yeah, I'm I'm more scared of the Scotland game because I think Scotland will be up for it against England. Like I just, at, at Wembley, like yeah, but that's the thing. It's at Wembley, isn't it? I think I yeah. think I think it'll be close. I think it'll be like a one nil, two one. I'm confident we'll beat Scotland. We should beat Scotland. They've just Scotland narrowly are here. Yeah, that is very... Like, don't get me wrong. We should beat them, but sometimes, I, I, like we all know from this whole year of us doing a podcast, mm. I get sucked into the story. Form the story goes out gets the me. The form goes out the window. It's all about the narrative. I love a bit of narrative <laughs> in my football. Um, but yeah, Croatia just lost to Belgium, 1-0. So I'm, I'm personally, I'm not too worried about them considering... They beat us in the Euro semi final, uh, the World Cup semi final, sorry, mm-hmm. and they have got world class players in Modric um, and stuff like that. So, but I'm not massively worried. No, nope. Portugal though, we could potentially face these uh, in the round of 16 if we win our group and Portugal comes second in the group of death. 
Uh, I am very worried because they look really good. Yeah, I watched the highlights from their four nil win last night, and they just looked like they were in like second gear and still winning four nil. And Bruno and Cancelo linking up was pretty dangerous. And then obviously you've got, of course, Ronaldo up front. Um, so yeah, I think Portugal definitely a dark horse to win the tournament. They're like ten to one on some on some sites. I think that's pretty rude. That is rude. I would have put um, my favourites for the tournament. England because I, I massively want them to win. Mm. Uh, I generally think we've got this is our best chance we've ever had in my lifetime. My favourites are them, France, Portugal, and Italy. Personally, mm-hmm. yeah, I can agree. Um, I think Italy will have a good tournament because not many people are talking about them. And, yeah, got and really I think their running's quite favourable as well. Yeah, like, they got an easy group and then an easy first game should they win the group. And then build your confidence. And mm. so one of my first ever memories of like international football, probably where I really understood everything, was that World Cup in two thousand and six when they won it. The famous mm-hmm. Zinedine Zidane headbutt. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember Italy being a fantastic squad. Obviously, in recent years, we haven't seen that as much with, again, an ageing squad and stuff like that. Your players like Cannavaro leaving, obviously retiring and stuff like that, and Totti and all those great Italian players. But now, they're young prospects. They're gonna, So they've got the older people, like the experienced ones, like Immobile, Chiellini, uh, in, Insigne. But then they've got Nicola Barella from Inter Milan, mm. uh, Florenzi. Like they've got these really good players that can do absolute bits for them. Yeah, no, I think it's it's um it's a tough one to call because I think the favourites is us and France, and we but we're still like five six to one, which is you know yeah is not is not a clear indicator at all. Um, but I quite like that is the fact that there's no like clear team that's probably mm. the favourite. I'd say Fra- for me France is the obvious one. You've got like Pogba, Kante, Mbappe, Benzema. Yeah. Um, should he be okay after his little knock he got yesterday? Um, but yeah, no, like you said, I think it's going to be interesting. But then speaking of France, France obviously with their game the other day, Giroud turning up for them. Because obviously Giroud in the past tournaments with Benzema not being being included was always like one of the first names on the team sheet for them. He started every game down the middle, scored a couple goals, a couple goals the other night as well. But apparently there's been a bit of a fracas in the camp with between Giroud and Mbappe, they had a bit of an argument about something. Um oh, really? I think it was like Giroud was just like oh, I can make all the runs in the world, but if the balls aren't supplied, what what do you what do you like expect? And then Mbappe, I can't remember, he came out and said something back in retaliation. So um, I think they hope that Benzema will be okay because if not, it could be a bit ropey. Yeah, well, I love to hear a bit of a bit of fracas in the camp, as it were. Bit of goss, lovely put a bit of gossip. We love it. Um, no, I'd obviously buzzing if that happens because they're another potential opponent in the group of death that we could face. So, mm-hmm. and yep. even if not, we could face them later on in the tournament. So, yeah, we we got we got hope. I think here, um, mm-hmm. big fan of France. I, I remember you sent me the video of the players they didn't take, and that you could make a world class eleven out of them. Yeah, so, it could arguably still beat the France main team. Is that yeah, good? that is it. It is very very good. Um, one team I mentioned that I wasn't very worried about a couple of weeks ago was Spain. Um, did you? And I'm still not worried about them because did you? What happened? Um, the COVID. They got, yeah. Yeah. Was it? I think it was Sergio Busquets. Yeah. Contracted Busquets. COVID. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. meant the whole team had to self-isolate. So their game against Lithuania, they had to call up their under 21s, and they won four 0 Now I know it's against Lithuania, so fair play. 
but you've still got to go out there and do the business. Uh-huh. So, no, what, if, if Spain lose their first game, they're going to pretend they get COVID and bring up the whole under-21 squad for the other two. I can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be so funny. But um, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about what's going to happen there, like in terms of if a team gets COVID, like, what's going to happen? I don't know. Yes, I mean, it's the worst case scenario. I mean, I think once they're there, they're probably like rigorous testing. I don't even know where, like all the exact countries that are being used to play games throughout. I'm sure I think it's the, it's the worst decision to have it in multiple countries when we've I know, got you'd think just on, like, like, do like UFC, have like a little football island, like fighter island, how they have it, and everyone just stays there. Well, it's like what they did in, um, uh, you know, basketball in the NBA season mm. restarted last season, uh, mm. last year. They just put them all in Disneyland. And then yeah. they all played their but like literally all the players were in Disneyland in the accommodation and then they all played their games at the one place. Mm-hmm. It worked better. Much better. It makes it makes a lot more sense, but we are very, very excited for the Euros. Should we just have a quick look at the groups and who's in it and kind of judge yeah, who we go think is going to go, go through? It. So the first group first game tomorrow is Italy versus Turkey. Um that'll be a good game. I think yeah, that'll be a great game because Turkey have looked really good. Um I think Wales and Switzerland will struggle to get out of this group. I think it will be Italy and Turkey for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. But then don't four teams out of the uh, like four teams out of the six get a chance to go through as the best third place? The four best performing teams that come third will go through. Yeah. So even if we do fuck up our games, mm. we still have a very good chance. Just yeah. win one of them, and you're probably there. Get, yeah. And then just lose one nil with the other two. But mm-hmm. we're not going to worry about that because we're going to win all three. Yeah. And then in the second group, you've got Belgium, Denmark, Finland and Russia. Um, for me, Belgium, Denmark, mate. Like mm-hmm. Finland and Russia. Yeah. Um, Russia had a really good campaign in Russia, like, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They had a great campaign there. Yeah, they did. They did well. But they've lifted off that, I think. And this following one, they didn't do too good. So, no. uh, Group C, Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia and Ukraine. Obviously, North Macedonia, what they're... The fa- favorite for the worst team in the tournament. Yeah, they're the thing like five thousand to one to win. Bless them, Alioski, <laughs> mate. Drag the team up. Yeah. Um, but you've got to imagine it's probably Austria and Netherlands here. I don't know too much about Ukraine personally. Um, uh, Zinchenko and a couple other names, but yeah, uh, yeah. That, that is literally. It. I think it'd be a good Group game. Di- Ukraine, Austria will be a good game because that'll be like the decider of who comes second. Well, Austria gave us a bit of a run, so mm. there's every chance that. Ukraine could give Austria a run, but Austria did look good. They looked good against us. They had spells where they were good against us. We just, I think we made them look better by playing poor. Mm, yeah. Um, then obviously our group, Group D, Croatia, Czech Republic, England and Scotland. It's obvious we both think uh, England and Croatia personally. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you. No, no, I, I think the same. I think Scotland will give it a good run for their money, mate. I think they could be one of the teams that come third and progress through that way, but we'll have to see. Perfect. Group E, Poland, Slovakia, Spain and Sweden. Now, Poland with Big Lewandowski up top, they've got to be. They've got to be going through. Mm-hmm. Spain, like I said, I'm not necessarily worried about them. Um, not entirely sure how they're going to do, but they have still got a good squad, so you'd imagine they'd get through the group stage. Yeah. But I think Sweden are really going to miss uh, Zlatan because no yeah. they've got no Ibra. That's a shame. Which, it is a shame because he came out of retirement for this and now he's injured. Mm, yeah. Speaking but... of injured, do you see that Donny van der Beek's injured as well? Yeah, so... he's now out. Yeah, everyone's getting injured. Um, Trent. But, uh, but 
bloody gutted for him though. Like yeah, imagine had a, rough had a full season at Man United or any minutes really, and then getting injured for a tournament that you probably would have played quite a few minutes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not good. And then the final group: France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal. <sighs> now, poor old Hungary. See, did I dark horse for me? Oh, good. Now, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but what's that really young prospect, Dominic Salisbury? Salzburg. No, no he played team. for Salzburg. I don't. I really don't know how to pronounce his name. He's, Who's that? Yeah, he's, Has he got long he hair? Plays, not really. He's got like a quiff. Oh, he is plays, he the guy who scored that screamer? In the Champions League, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know him. who you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce his name. No, though. I don't, I don't know it's a very long name, but yeah. So that guy, that guy Dominic, mm. um, man like Dom, very good future prospect. And obviously, Hungary played Portugal and drew three all with them in the last tournament. Was it in the world? It was in the World Cup or the Euros before? Yeah, uh, it was the Euros before. So it would have been Euro 2014. Uh, 2016. Uh, 16, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I only remember that because the keeper was wearing tracky bottoms. Yeah, they got rid of him, though. He's not going to be oh, there. They? Yeah. Oh. But who is that? No, their keeper's... Is it Gulacci for Leipzig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's him. Uh, who's a very good keeper. Um, I don't know. I think they are... I Not necessarily dark horses, but I think they people aren't giving them credit because of the group they're in. Like, they will struggle to get out of that group. Don't get me wrong. But on their day, I genuinely think they could turn up and do something. And if they're going to do something against someone, it will most likely be Germany because I'm not totally convinced by them. Yeah, all right. Well, that's a bold, bold claim from uh, from you. But I'm 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 here for it. Um, I hope you're right. We love an upset, but I just think there's just too much firepower in the group for them. Well, we'll have to wait and see. It <laughs> starts tomorrow. So let's draw our attention away from the Euros for a little bit. Let's give you give you a little bit of extra information, feed you a little bit of other news. Uh, first things first, transfer window open today. So it is the 10th of June and the transfer window officially open today. And straight in there, Aston Villa, go and get Buendia. Like literally off Arsenal straight away. It was looking like he was going to be going to Arsenal. But it, it's always... Um... Seem to be like a decision for Buendia. Where does he go? And obviously, Emi Martinez, prime example of how you can better yourself by leaving Arsenal. And I think he's <laughs> gonna basically follow suit here. And uh, he's off to Villa. Great signing. Seeing how good he was when he was in the Premier League, he was one of the um, best creative players. Um, and they got relegated as well. Um, I think he had like f- ten to fifteen assists in that season. And um, no one surprisingly snapped him up when they uh, went down to the Championship. But now he's back in the Prem. Norwich obviously back in the Prem as well. He's decided to go uh, against Arsenal and go to Villa. A bit of a weird one. Obviously, the fact that he Norwich did get back in the Prem, so for him to then leave the club... Yeah. You, see, you don't normally see that. You don't. Um, who did we see it with? Uh, who? Well, I guess Jack Grealish, when he kind of came back up to the Prem... Probably would have thought he left. He didn't. Who else have we seen in recent years where they've come back, they've come to the Prem and then they've not left? Mm. I'm actually trying to think now. You've got that Pereira from West Brom. Yeah. When they came up. He was one that everyone was wanting. That is true. 
Oh, there's probably a few, but I can't. I there's can't definitely think of a few right that now. I can't think off the top of my head, but it just seems a bit, a bit of an odd decision for for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like you'd, oh, for example, you'd imagine Ivan Tony won't leave. Yeah, that's like, what I'm. That's the sort of, sort of like thing, concept yeah. I'm using is that he's got scored so many goals, got them up, and he'll probably give them at least a year running. Unless and if yeah. they stay, they stay. If he goes down, he goes down. But he'll probably get signed that way. But yeah, it's um interesting to see. But you know, we do love a transfer. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying that Ollie Watkins is about to become the most luckiest striker because he'll have Jack Grealish on the left and Wendy on the right. Yeah. Personally, I think this means the end of Jack Grealish at Villa. I think signing Wendia is kind of replacing Jack Grealish. I don't know. I don't think so because I just think no one's got the money to that Villa are going to value Grealish at. I think he's yeah. looking at at least a hundred million for him, and I don't think anyone's going to want to pay that sort of money for him. If he has a great Euros, they might. Oh yeah, maybe. If he gets the game time, you already know he's going to have a good Euros. Yeah, but we'll have to wait and see. With that, we will. But in terms of other transfer news, Vinaldum has pledged his allegiance to PSG. He has signed for PSG rather than Barcelona. Uh, I did see something like. I think Barcelona offered him X amount of money and PSG just went, all right, we'll offer you about 10 million more a year. And like literally just over... And Barcelona haven't got a lot of money because we know the crisis they're in. Um, and yeah, he's gone to PSG now. Fair play to him. Yeah, that was kind of like... All guaranteed on the cards that he was going to uh, to Barca. And last minute PSG have just come through and, and took him. And he's a great signing for him as well. I think PSG... Uh, really need a, a sort of one out and player for their squad because they've always like lacked a little something. I think him and Idris Gay next to each other would be pretty lethal. So yeah, what does that mean? Opens the door for Ver- Verratti to maybe go Arsenal or something? Mm, we'll have to see. I think like a lot of business won't be done obviously during the Euros because it's going to make life difficult for agents and everything like that, as well as the players obviously. But I think yeah, we'll see who shines at the Euros and who who doesn't, and then go from there. I think it'll be a very busy window once the tournament's finished. Definitely. And then the final bit of transfer news is Sancho. Um, apparently, 433 have reported that he has agreed personal terms with Manchester United. Well, he agreed personal terms last year in the summer before the new season started, mm. but it was an absolute saga that just went on and on and on. It was like, I just, I just can't wait for it to be done because it's like, it's all set up and on the cards. Man, you have just got to pay. I think, I think they submitted a bid of seventy million euros, and they want Dortmund want ninety. And Man, you want to pay it in five years, and I think they don't want that. They want it all up front. Um, but I just hope like they just get it done because it's just everywhere, and it's like the big tra- when you say to someone, "What's the biggest transfer rumor now?" It's just this Sancho deal, and like Sancho's yeah. agreed personal terms and everything. Just just pay the money, and then that's it done. Yeah, then you got the player you've wanted for the past couple of years. Yeah. The player you should have got instead of Daniel James. Like Yes. But then I don't know what this means <laughs> for Greenwood. Because he's going to be the one that obviously is bumped out because Sancho plays right mid, right wing. Well, you'd imagine Greenwood will kind of learn from Cavani over the next year and play at striker. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. We'll have to wait and no, see. But no. I, I thought that's why they were keeping Cavani to kind of, you know, let the master become... Like let the apprentice become the master. Let Greenwood learn from the master mm. currently, mm. and then he'll take his place eventually. Or uh, Percy, yeah, I don't know, but Sancho would be a great signing for him because he does look lively. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
And yeah, he's had a great season at Dortmund, but he has had for the past couple of years. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But then I've seen somewhere if Man United signs Sancho, Chelsea's chances of signing Haaland, like the, the rumours coming out over the last couple of days, are apparently going to go through the floor. Because if oh, they lose yeah. Sancho to them, they have to keep Haaland. If not, we have to pay a crazy price tag of, I think, like 150 million. Which you haven't, haven't you said you're willing to pay the clause? Uh, I, I think. Yeah, the only issue would be with us is the wage, because obviously, you, he'd probably obviously being the biggest price tag at the club, you'd expect him to be on the biggest wage, but he's the he'd be like one of the youngest there, and the most paid player is Kante, then it's Havertz, Werner, and Kepa, all on about. Yeah, Kepa's on a lot of money. No, is Kante really your most paid player? Yeah, I think he's on about two eighty a week. That's cracking, that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he deserves it. <laughs> I mean, if there's a guy that deserves it, it is him. Yeah. Also, if France do win the Euros, the Euros he's got to be the Ballon d'Or winner, like, surely. You'd, th- you'd think, you'd think, but, yeah. I mean, they got to win it first, though. So, yeah, but like we said, they've got a month of football ahead of us. It's almost on every single day as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm just buzzing. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. But speaking of Chelsea just then with Erling Haaland, mm. I did also see that aren't you agreeing to match the deal for Hakimi? Hakimi, uh, the Milan, right back, yeah. Uh-huh. Like 56.1? So what yep. does that mean for James? Is he going to become a centre-back? I think that's what that means. I think he might be sculpting Reese James into a centre-back because there's no way we'd go in for Hakimi if it didn't mean that. That's what Leque is. Great serviceman. He's an absolute leg- a Chelsea legend. But you know, he is getting on, he is knocking on. Arguably, is he is he good enough to go ahead in the future for seasons to come? I'd, I'd say yes, but whether, obviously, it's up to Tuchel and the board. And I think Akeem would be a great signing. And then Reese James, if we made Reese James a centre-back, I think he'd be lethal. Because he's, he's fast, he's strong, he's a great defender, he's a great ball winner. And he, at the same time, could be creative as well. Mm. So, no, yeah, it's definitely. exciting. I think with the pull we have, like we said before on last week's episode, if I'm winning the Champions League, sky's the limit right now for who we want. Yeah, no, that is very true. And off the back of winning the Champions League, it did come out in the past week that Tuchel has been offered that two-year contract extension mm-hmm. because pretty sure he was just signed the deal till the end of the season. Yeah. But if they won the Champions League, then he would be given an extra two years and he, he has accepted and they've given him an extra two years. Mm-hmm. No, it's not, It's great to see. I think even if we lost to City, he'd still get this extension because he's, he's coming and he's completely changed the system up and the team's just playing so much better. But it's nice to hopefully, as a Chelsea fan, I just want a manager that's a bit long-term. We have a manager for like yeah. two, two, three seasons out the door. And to be fair, it, it has worked for a lot of the time for us. So Mourinho came, won the league. Conte came in, won the league. But in recent years, obviously, we've seen Liverpool. Came, you won the league. Yeah, Did yeah. Did Sarri win the league? No. <laughs> oh, they won the, did they win the Europa? Under yeah, Sarri? we won the Europa League. That was his first major tournament win. But, yeah, we're too short. Um, yeah, he's, he's a great he's a great manager. And he's, uh, this extension hopefully means that he will be here for those two years as well, rather than being sacked like six months in advance. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, like I said, it's uh, exciting prospects of time to be a Chelsea fan. Well, speaking of managers, 
There's been a bit of a manager, yeah, a lot of manager chat this past week. I can't remember exactly if we spoke about Carlo Ancelotti going to Real Madrid last week. But if not, that wasn't the main story of this part. <laughs> it's the fact that he, big Duncan Ferguson was invited to join him and he's rejected it. Yeah, he's Everton like through and through though. No, he's the most Scottish scouser. Um, I think he lives, reads and dies. But I heard rumours that he wants the full-time managerial job. Obviously yeah, which he, he ain't going to get, come on. I don't know, he might. But you'd think maybe like Nuno or someone would come in. Because um, obviously he's uh, just been released, well, sent mutually agreed with Wolves to um, to leave. And it looked like he was going to Palace and then that's fallen through. So yeah, a lot of transfers, but not really from players as much at the moment, mainly managers. Yeah, and like you said, with the Nuno deal falling through, Wolves have actually managed to get themselves a a new manager. Is it a surprise that it's another Portuguese man? Definitely no. not. Absolutely not. Of course, it's not. What would it be? It's Wolves. It has to be Portuguese. They even they're so Portuguese. They literally changed their third kit to be a Portuguese kit. So. Yeah, that's a nice kit. That oh, it's a banging kit. Yeah, and let's draw ourselves away from real life managerial <laughs> stories. Let's talk about the biggest one. Here we go. Antoine Griezmann posted on his story uh, that he had been doing football manager with Newcastle United, none other than my very own Newcastle United, and he signed bloody Mbappe, and Mbappe's had a bit of a joke with him on the plane, saying, it's not warm there, is it? <laughs> this must be, you must love this, seeing like these guys do this forever with your team. Because I've, I've seen for ages that Griezmann is like, a massive, massive football manager fan. Apparently, he's like one of the most incredible players at it. I personally don't play football manager, but I know it takes a lot of effort and you've got to know your stuff. But there's always videos and pictures of him seated on the plane when they're travelling abroad and he's he's got football manager on the go in Newcastle. Yeah, I've 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 played a bit of football manager. I'm not well versed in it. Mm. Uh, it interests me. I find it very interesting. Mm. But yeah, I haven't played a lot of it, but... Yeah, he is six in Griezmann and Mbappe talk about Newcastle because, like, obviously, I know it's a, it's a, a well-known club around the world, but these are, like, world-class players and we're not a world-class team. So to hear them talk about us is kind of like, do you, to, do you want to come sign over to sunny, sunny South once, Shields? Once the takeover happens, mate. Once the Which, takeover Which, actually... Happens. There's news on that today, wasn't there? Yeah, there's news on that. Is So, basically... Mike Ashley's got one more arbitration argument, basically, or one more appeal uh, that's going ahead in July. And based on everything that's happened with the European Super League and all, all the stuff like that, they're saying that it's very likely that they're going to let it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is every chance that this takeover could happen. Whether it happens quick enough for us to have a really good January transfer window, I don't know. Uh, not January, a really good transfer window now, sorry. I don't know. Um, probably not. But it's a start. If we get that takeover and we start bringing in the players that we actually can, like, we should have at the club, big name players, big money signings, then yeah, the future is bright, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I think um, it'd be cool to see Mbappe up north in, a, in the old black and white stripes. Uh, he'd look incredible in it. Number seven <laughs> on the back, we love it. Oh, God. Him and, a, him, and, him and ASM, mate, goats. Yeah, that be. I mean, is he is he going to the Euros? Saint Maxim. No, he's not selected. No. no, he didn't make it. Yeah, no, fair enough. He I didn't, didn't, I didn't make, think he, he did. didn't make the cut. No, he, he didn't, didn't make, make the, the cut. cut. But um, yeah, and then the final bit 
just talking about uh, before we go on, advise you or let you know who our um, starting lineup for the England Croatia game is. Final bit I just want to quickly talk about is the European Super League. See yep. that they only got like a twenty million combined yeah, fine, it's like a couple quid for a minute. It's, no it's actually a joke. And then if they do it again, they get like a 30-point deduction. But I, I saw a tweet and you saw it mentioned like the punishments that uh, people like Derby got, Sheffield Wednesday got, Blackpool got, Berry yeah. got. Obviously, Berry folded as a club for fuck's sake. These teams literally talk about upending the whole route of football and they only get, what, 3.5 million each it basically works yeah. out at? It's Bullshit, yeah, man. I know. It's not going to teach anyone. On... They're not going to learn anything from it, but yeah, they they have been fined. But anyway, let's go on to the uh, England lineups that we have. <laughs> so, for the big tournament, we are now Mr. Southgate. We have a game on Sunday against Croatia. Lou Smith, who is your England starting 11? So, starting 11, I want to see. I want a is... formation as well. Yeah, so I'm going to play a 4-2-3-1. Okay. Okay, so I'm playing four at the back. And this is based on whether Maguire is fit, but I will give a backup option, okay? Okay. So Pickford in goal. Now, mm-hmm. I give him a lot of shit, but I, I am Pickford over Henderson at the moment. Okay. Although Sam Johnston, what a save, my son. <laughs> um, then it's Carl Walker, Stones, Maguire, and Shaw. Yep. Um, if Maguire is not fit, then I am giving Ben White a go. Mm-hmm. I think he's played very well uh, in the last game and he deserves it. Um, just in front of them, I personally want to see Rice and I what I did want to see Calvin Phillips, but now I'm I'm a Bellingham convert. He I've my my mind has changed. I want to mm-hmm. see Bellingham in that CM role next to Declan Rice and then Jack Grealish on the left, kind of left attacking mid. Mount just behind Kane. Foden on the right attacking mid. And then Kane up top. That is my ideal formation. And my ideal team. Very, very nice. Well, mine, I'll basically just say, is the exact same as that. (laughs) That is what I would play. Drew Bellingham before wasn't really in my roster for, like, starting. Um, I do think, obviously, I do think that this team just won't happen at all. Because it's Southgate. Um, the only change I would have is I'm just Henderson over Pickford because I think Pickford's had a lot more games, which could obviously benefit for experience, but he's had a lot more mistakes than uh, than Henderson. Um, but Henderson recently had a had an interview and he's very confident that he's going to be um, England number one at some stage in his career, which probably will be the case. But yeah, I think that team would be beautiful to see in the lineup, but unfortunately. Um, it's looking very unlikely to occur. Yeah, uh, this is the team I want, not necessarily the team I think he's going to mm-hmm. pick. Uh, I, I do have my worries that he won't beat this team. I got a lot of stick because earlier in the week, I, like, I am now changing it. I do think Bellingham is in there. But previously, I wanted Calvin Phillips. And my whole reasoning is I think we'll play quite counter-attacking football. I and hope he so. Has been, and he has been the driving force for Leeds being so good this year at counter-attacking football. His passing ability is incredible. His work rate is one of the best in the league. Like He just does not stop running. Mm. He can take free kicks, corners, etc. because he does for Leeds. But also, yeah, just the way he transitions the ball, and I think Declan Rice does it well as well. Mm. I think them two next to each other could have been really good, but 
Bellingham being the box-to-box midfielder, which I hadn't really seen because I hadn't watched a lot of Dortmund games. But in these past couple of games for England, he's been very, very impressive. So uh, the way he makes that dart in last-minute run, just, yeah. Yeah. Wins that ball back so much. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I think we are in the most beautiful position where it's so hard to pick a starting eleven for us because we've just got so much talent everywhere. So... No matter what the starting eleven team is, you know the bench is going to be flooded with talent, so they can really have an impact on the game. I am confident in England; it is going to come home. Um, I'll be backing them all the way, and uh, yeah, let's hope for a good uh, Euro summer. And that is it. That is the last episode before the Euros. The next time you hear us, we would have had our first England game. We'd had a load of other games. Uh, we'll release an episode next Friday. England do play next Friday. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've got Scotland next Friday. So you will hear us review the game we would have just watched against Croatia. Hopefully it's a win. And we'll preview the game against Scotland that will be coming up. Uh, then obviously we'll probably release an episode hopefully a lot sooner rather than the following Friday, just to do it before the Czech Republic game. Mm. All depends on timing and work commitments. But in the meantime, you know where to find us by now. And if you haven't, you need to get involved with the Sun Dream Team League. The pin for it, we're going to read it out again. You've only got, well, I imagine by the time you hear this, only a couple of hours. What time's the Turkey-Italy game? Eight o'clock? Eight o'clock. It is eight o'clock. I imagine they'll have to get their teams in. We'll say by five. That's safe, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. See, if we release this at 12, you've got five hours, guys. Maybe less than that. The pin for it is E-U-V-V-P-H-W-9. Get it in. If you, mate, if you can't hear me, which is really bad if you listen to a podcast, but go and check our socials out. It's all on there, plastered everywhere. And our socials are at it's football day underscore on Instagram and Twitter and it's football day XI on Facebook. Thanks for listening. It's coming home and we will see you next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.